Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I am your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the incomparable Hannah. Hmm. Hannah, how are you doing this week? Feeling good. It's a short week for me. I only have to work for two days, and wow. then it's a nice long break until the new year. Yeah, well, that's so weird. Why do you have so many days off? Oh, because it's 2020, and we had a <laughs> pandemic, and I didn't take any days off this year, so I had all the vacation to use. And it's Christmas this week, for those of you listening in the far In the future. future. So Merry Christmas if yeah, you celebrate it. And we celebrate Christmas every year by gathering around the fire and putting on an excellent movie called The Croods. <laughs> every year. Every year we do this since 2013 <laughs> when this movie came out. It's a tradition that we have in this home. Uh, and, <laughs> and this movie, of course, stars Nicolas Cage. I thought this whole time that this was essentially Emma Stone's movie, but apparently they sort of share the limelight, I think, yeah. Emma Stone and Nicolas Cage. They play cavemen in a little cave family, and they're a father and daughter, and having typical father-daughter moody teen. Dad, you don't understand me. You don't understand. I and love him. That sort of shit, but make it caveman. And that's <laughs> and make it Nick Cage. <laughs> make it Nick Cage and make it Caveman. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week. But before we dive into those wonderful Nick Cage scenes with lots of amazing screams to play for you guys this week. So many. It's incredible. We had such a drought a few weeks ago and now there's just It's an overload to be honest. It's an I don't know if I can emotionally handle it. <laughs> um so I'll I'll get into some numbers and some Please behind do. the scenes. But first I would like to clarify, we've never seen this movie before. Oh, yeah. No, this, <laughs> this is, is not a tradition that we have <laughs> that would not make much sense in a traditional sense because this is not a Christmas movie. It's not. I have few... Not that you need to watch a Christmas movie around Christmas time, but you would no. think that if we had a tradition around Christmas time of watching a specific movie, that it would be in the Christmas genre. And this right. does not fall into that genre. Right. Is Christmas a genre? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You have Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Christmas mm -hmm. movies, yeah. I, th I think it's a genre okay. in and of itself. So yeah, I know how much you love to get into the numbers. Just, I mean, <laughs> this is a running make, this joke. Makes, this makes my week, you know, yeah. the numbers. <laughs> this is a running joke because I usually say, Hannah likes to start us off with the numbers. And it's just you sort really of You really think I like any of this? No, <laughs> I, I told don't. you earlier, I didn't want to fucking watch this movie. <laughs> you really dreaded this movie. And it didn't pay off at all. It was but okay. We'll get into so it. So this movie came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. It has a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb and a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. So same score across the two critical platforms. Sure. Yeah. Is that what we want to call that? Um, yeah. Okay. Great vocabulary. Oh, th thanks. Yeah. <laughs> critical <laughs> platforms. Love it. And the budget was somewhere between 135 million and 175 million conflicting sources. Could not okay. pinpoint. I figured I'd give you a range rather mm -hmm. than lie to you and say one or the other end of the <laughs> spectrum you. or even find the medium that median there. Right. I thought that it would be appropriate to just tell you the full range. This doesn't fucking matter. I don't know why I'm going into this. I wanted to create a lot of buildup so that you can find out what the box office 
was. Well, you want to guess? I So we had mentioned before we started watching this movie to each other in real life, not on the microphones, mm-hmm. that this movie must we have... We don't talk in real life. <laughs> no, that's true. We only talk in the microphones. But this movie must have made a lot of money because they just came out with a second one this year. They did. Even though it's seven years later, I guess it would be. And I have some information as to why it's so late. Oh, okay, great. But this movie but made yeah. $587.2 million, and it was the 11th highest grossing movie of 2013. That 11th highest grossing movie doesn't seem like well, much to brag about. Well, just wait and hear the movies that preceded it Okay. in the rankings. Okay. So The Croods was 11. Mm-hmm. Number 10 was Thor The Dark World. Yeah, that's probably the worst Thor movie. Nine was Man of Steel, the Superman uh, movie. Superman, yep. Eight was Gravity. I think, didn't that win like the Best oh, yeah. Picture or something? I don't think it won Best Picture, but it was nominated for a bunch. It was a great movie. Monsters University was number seven. Mm, Pixar. Number six was Frozen. Ooh, Frozen came out that year. That's And tough. Frozen beat the Croods for um, the Academy Award for Best Animated Picture. Must have been a slow year for Best <laughs> best Animated Picture. Frozen? No, that like, thing... like that the Croods was even nominated. Oh, understood. Yeah. I mean, the animation was really good. That's true. We commented on that. We I'll did. give it that. Number five was The Fast and the Furious 6. Oh, those are hard to compete How with. How many of these have they made? 10, 11 47. All right. Number four was The Hobbit, The Desolation of... Smaug. Yeah. He's a talking dragon. Don't word, worry about it. Word. Um, <laughs> number three was Hunger Games Catching Fire. I don't know if that's the second or the third. I think it's the third. I think it's the sequel. Okay. Mm. So the second. Number two is Despicable Me 2. That was also nominated for Best Animated Picture. And okay. that made $954.2 million. People fucking love the Despicable Me. They love minions. People they go love, nuts for people minions. People love minions. When I was in college, every girl was like a slutty minion for Halloween. Oh, man. Yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> it was right around the time that the first Despicable Me came out. That makes sense. Um, and number one with $1.2 billion grossing was Iron Man 3. Yeah. Didn't we just watch that? It is. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas. Well, kind of. It came out in June because Robert Downey Jr. broke his leg. But May. Yeah. It came out May. May 3rd. Okay. So, yeah, that's... Um, it was up there with, you know, the likes of these other really high-grossing movies. That's why... I, and I was also surprised. I was like, 11th. Like, that's not really that impressive. And then I saw this list and I'm like, oh, okay. It's like... Yeah. With the big, big dogs up there yeah it's it's running with the big dogs (laughs) (laughs) running with the big dogs running with the large cats or the ostrich trees or the land whales or the piranha birds (laughs) all these creatures yeah (laughs) that we'll talk about momentarily so kind of along similar lines a good transition here because it made so much money it really helped dreamworks get back on its feet so the past couple years dreamworks have been putting out some stinkers i don't recall exactly which movies those were um but they had to lay off 358 employees in 2013 before this came out and then they said that if the crews wasn't as successful as they needed it to be they'd have to lay off a lot of employees and possibly declare bankruptcy but the crews saved dreamworks in 2013 it made enough money that they did not have to file for bankruptcy and they did not have to lay any more employees off than the 358 people which like that's unfortunate that they had to do that but the crudes saved any more employees from being laid off so that's awesome god bless the crudes. god bless the crudes <laughs> in case you you know didn't care about it before maybe oh. now you can find some room in, in your bleak cold sad little heart 
Are you assuming that our listeners have bleak, cold, I'm sad little hearts? Oh me. Oh yeah, no, that's that's accurate. Um, originally this movie was going to be called Crude Awakening and it was going to be a buddy huh? Oh, is that a ha? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like and it was going to be a buddy comedy film featuring Grug and Guy. And Grug is Nick Cage's character and mm. Guy is played by Ryan Reynolds. So yeah. then they transitioned it um, and made it a family film instead. Yeah. I feel like a family film animated movie makes more money. Yeah. Well, they needed it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. The sequel, as Steve mentioned, just came out this year, but it was planned to be released in 2017. Hmm. So four years after the first one came out. Okay. And then they moved it to 2018 to avoid competition with Star Wars 8, The Last Jedi. Episode okay. 8, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Oh, uh, let me think. Yeah, I think you're right. V-I-I-I Oh yeah, eight. Those are the Roman numerals for 8. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, just, I was trying to figure out which episode was which subtitle. Yeah, I didn't write down. I just wrote The Last Jedi and I... Yeah, it's eight. I know. Yeah. Like, okay. I know that that's the Roman. Num- I'm just trying to remember. I, d- I did not write the Roman numerals down. I'm trying to remember from when I read it on my screen, the Roman mm. numerals. I wasn't sure if it was V-I-I or V-I-I. I know how to read Roman numerals. I'm just saying I didn't recall if it was seven or eight, but it's eight. Wow. Riveting stuff here. <laughs> I'm just trying to express that I'm not an idiot. <laughs> um. And then they had some production problems, and that pushed it to re- being released this year, okay. and then the pandemic. Right. But it was still released. I don't know. I guess we'll. I, I didn't look up too much more about it because we'll get to it. We'll get to eventually. it later. Yeah. I mean, I I have a feeling like with a lot of these animated movies that they can do maybe a decent amount of the work from home. Um, I have no idea how that works. Maybe we'll talk about it next time when we talk about. The Croods. Yeah. Or too. any movie that came out in 2020. Yeah. How Nick. they did it with quarantining. Yeah. Yeah. If they quarantined. Right. They probably didn't, which is why we're still Well, I know he, he's filming currently the unbearable weight of massive talent right. over, and overseas. The, and he also filmed the uh, curse words. Oh, yeah. So we didn't talk about... Oh, I meant to post that on Instagram oh. and I never did. Uh. But yeah, Nick Cage is uh, hosting a history of curse words series on netflix so i mean from the looks of it he's just narrating and sitting by himself in a room but you should definitely watch the trailer trailer's great it's on youtube so funny it's great i'm really looking forward yeah i don't i'd I'd say more about it but i don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it speaking of like things being filmed during the pandemic did you this is off topic but did you happen to see tom cruise the like news and kind of like the the um just the audio of him yelling at his crew no so i guess that there were three or four guys without masks on maybe too close to each other at a computer Mm. doing editing and tom cruise freaked the fuck out at them and like the entire crew and like made everyone stop and he was like how dare you like ruin this for us yeah like we're making this movie and and tom cruise apparently has like been very strict clearly and and also i don't know kind of like a pioneer i guess in in the in the covid times for making movies and he was like there's people back in hollywood because they're filming this in europe i believe okay it's like there's people back in hollywood that are only employed right now because of you because of us and what we're doing and you're going to ruin that for them right fuck you right wow and he like goes on for like 10 minutes so i'd 
he, also recommend listening to that. It, it kind of reminded me of the rant that Christian Bale, Christian Bale did, but like on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. He, Christian Bale's it, but for a good Christian reason. Bale, it's like no, fuck you, Christian Bale, oh, and Tom and you. and Tom Cruise. I was like, all right, go off. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. That's Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Now that's really interesting. If it weren't for the whole Scientology thing, Tom Cruise would know, be like right? the nicest guy in Hollywood. Right. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Where were we? Um, background, background information. Background information. On the Crudes and Nick Cage. Yeah. I mentioned that it was nominated for Best Animated Picture and Lost to Frozen. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's obvious. Okay. Um, so this place, this place, this movie takes place in caveman era. I, yeah. I'm, I'm bad at the ages. Is that the Stone Age? Uh, I don't know. It's it's like prehistoric prehistoric eras but i guess like the animators and the and the creators went to zion national park in utah Mm. to find some inspiration for like the animation for the first half of the movie okay yeah i could see before like all the colors come into play right um so pretty interesting that like they found inspiration and scenery in things that exist today you know when they're thinking about like prehistoric times yeah yeah that's pretty typical for for animated movies though i'm just trying to come up with something to say here (laughs) i'm gonna burst my bubble like this what else do i have i have nothing else (laughs) you think i found a lot about the croods 2013 i don't know maybe i just repeated that it lost the best picture you think I have anything to pull from? I guess not, Ed. All right, let's move on to facts about Nick Cage. What's Nick Cage up to in his life in 2013? So for this movie, DreamWorks designed his character with him in mind because they originally had intended for him to play Shrek. And if you recall from oh, 2001, God, whatever yeah. podcast we had, he turned it down because he thought that Shrek was like too ugly and he didn't want to play like an ugly dude. And I guess now uh, he's like grown up a little bit and now he doesn't care what his character looks like. So yeah, they like, he also cons- needs the money more. He needs the money way more. So they consulted him and they were like, hey, do you like how this dude looks? And he was like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Oh my God. And then they ended up modeling his body language after Nick's performance in leaving Las Vegas, because I guess like in a way hmm. he was kind of like animalistic. I guess that's interesting. In I did, nature, I like have... very simplistic minded because like all he wanted to do was drink himself to death. So he had like one goal in mind and cavemen have one goal in mind and it's like survival. So yeah. it's kind of the opposite. Hmm. That's interesting that they would use that as a reference. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's obvious references to like apes and gorillas because he's like this big, he's got big broad yeah. shoulders and long arms. And like arms. Play-Doh and the cave. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. So I'd have to go back and look, look at like side by sides or something. And so leaving Las Vegas and then the family man. So they wanted him to be oh. a family guy, but also like a old, you know, like animalistic a simple-minded family man simple-minded man okay um and then here we here we are with a very interesting article that i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to bear with me because okay. i didn't write much of this down because it's long and i kind of just want to like pick some excerpts from it this article is called nicholas cage people think i'm not in on the joke and it's from the guardian and it's from 2013 2013 okay 
So it says to start off with the thing most often said of Nicolas Cage, he is weird looking (laughs) with constituent parts that don't promise to add up to a movie star. His hair, like cultivated grassland, is lush at the top and sparse at the root. (laughs) There is something puppety about his face. And of course, there are his eyes, which like the Woody Allen joke, you have the most eyes I've ever seen on any person. (laughs) Qualify him to play both romantic leads and also psychopaths. At age 49, Nick Cage overturns every industry standard and there is no denying it the result is transfixing have a blueberry muffin he says in that agonized draw and flashes a goofy grin so i guess he offered the interviewer a blueberry muffin. have a blueberry muffin <laughs> he says there is a misperception if you will in critical response or even in hollywood that i can only do exaggerated characters or what they would call over-the-top performances he pauses as if issuing a historic statement from the podium well this is completely false and another misconception about me is that I just do movies for paychecks and, and then okay. I'm obsessed with comics. And the other big okay. misconception, which needs to be cleared up, in my opinion, is video on demand. What? That he just like wants things that come out really quickly so okay. that he could just make money off of it. Yeah, he okay. wishes critics would stop using video on demand as a shorthand for failure. Mm. Also, his reputation for excess. For a while there, it was the three C's, castles, comic books, and cars. (laughs) I just can't get that stuff off of me. (laughs) The three C's, baby. (laughs) Castles, comic books, and cars. And cobras. And cobras. And Cretaceous period. Whoa. Dinosaur skulls. And crusty. And cephalopods. Is that a... I think that's another name for like a squid. Squid. Even though he had an octopus. octopus. Whoa, okay, Steve. I'm on it. And probably cocaine. And a co- lot of and cocaine. Lots of, and cocaine. Let's be honest. Cocaine. A lot of cocaine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, that really drew me in reading That's the hilarious. first paragraph of this. Um, there was something else that I wanted to note from this one before we move on. Oh, this was pretty funny. He was like, I come from the non-acting branch of the Coppola family because his dad was a, a professor. Te- a professor, And the interviewer was like, okay, we're not talking about the Medici's. <laughs> it's like, calm down with that. They're a famous like Italian artistic family. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm uncultured swine. I apologize to our oh listening audience. There was one more thing here. Ah, he thinks that he used to be really punk rock is what he always considers himself in yeah. the past. But he thinks that his new wife, well, not even wife, new, um, they've been Alice married Kim. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice Kim has kind of helped him be like a homebody more. That's nice. Yeah. They end up getting divorced, but that's nice. They do. But I think he, she like definitely calmed him down a little bit brought mm. him back to reality Good. you know stuck with him through the dark cages yes here. we're still in the dark cages let's be honest <laughs> and far in terms of how his movies turn out oh here it is what lastly one more thing that i will say before we move on mm-hmm. so from the outside it looks like he went through a period of testosterone fueled property acquisition why was that he said i had to put all my money somewhere and i was a big believer in real estate so i got caught up in that bubble and it exploded i thought that it was real i didn't trust stocks i didn't trust leaving my money in the bank i believed in real estate so now i'm working through all of that loss oh my god (laughs) so all the money he made from like 
Con Air and and bought, leaving Las Vegas bought homes, and bought castles, he just castles, bought, cars, and comic books, comic books, and cobras, cobras, cocaine, and cocaine, and mostly, <laughs> mostly it's, cocaine. It's, cocaine. it's cocaine. It's just cocaine. <laughs> it, uh, comic books is a euphemism for cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> for a while there, it was the three C's: cocaine, 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 and, 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 and a little bit more cocaine. Yeah, and so, cocaine. Just to top it off. So that's all I got. Wow. As I said. <laughs> Well, the I wasn't Cage, working with a ton. Well, but... the Nick Cage stuff is very interesting. But then, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they went to a park to look at trees. And okay, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you do your job now. I did mine. Oh wow. Okay, great. So I'm gonna go. My job is to go through these these movies, Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. So I'm gonna try to just gloss over this because this movie is not. Great, but I do have to pause for a few scenes and insert clips of his screams as we like so to do. So many screaming. So many great. screaming, so many screams. And they're great. They're so good. So the movie opens up with a 2D animation of Emma Stone explaining the family and their lifestyle. They're cavemen. They used to have neighbors, but all their neighbors died because they weren't scared enough. Sorry, I forgot to mention, and we saw this on Netflix. Yeah. They made a, oh, yeah. a TV series offshoot. Yeah, with four, four seasons. seasons with 13 episodes each. So do the math there. Yeah. And that all looked to be 2D from It was, that. yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. like the same animation from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, a li- well, a little bit better in the TV show. Because yeah. in the beginning, it's supposed to look like cave drawings. Cave drawings. Yeah, and so she just lays everything up. We're cavemen, and we're only alive because my dad makes these rules, and he tells us these scary stories. So we're all fearful, and we stay inside, and nothing's ever new, and nothing ever changes, and all of our neighbors Play- died. Plato's the cave. Yeah, so it's like, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the first time we see Nick Cage's character, I explained essentially what he looks like, and Hannah explained as well. He sort of looks like him, but larger and more ape-like. They're all coming out of their cave in the morning. They're on their way to breakfast. And when he comes out, he has to scare away some of the animals that are outside. And immediately we get this scream. Yeah, I don't remember that one because there were so many. He does like that exact scream like three times yeah. in this movie, he's, which is great. It's, he's a caveman. It's animalistic. Exactly. Uh, Hannah pointed out also immediately that he sounds really cagey. Mm, incredibly. It's like, you got to come outside. He's leaning into it. <laughs> you're, we're going to go have breakfast. The animals are gone. Where's the egg? Yeah. So he has in the family let's let's go through the family unit mm-hmm. nick cage is the father obviously emma stone is the daughter his wife is katherine keener who's great yeah what uh, is she from other than get out uh 40 year old virgin oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah and so the, her mom her mom so he, his mother-in-law cloris leachman cloris uh yeah yeah she's she's great too mm-hmm. I, I didn't pinpoint the voice until i saw the credits yeah. and then clark duke plays the son who we know from the office he As plays clark, clark. Uh, who's friends with Plop. <laughs> um, and then they have a feral daughter. Yeah, who's, a baby. <laughs> who's a baby who's feral. Almost like Wild Thornberries style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> feral daughter. Yeah, she's like... We, I feel like we're going to hardly address her. But <laughs> I we forgot should've... about her, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because... The only reason I remembered her was because he counts off the family. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. 
So before they all come out of the cave to go get their breakfast, Nick Cage usually apparently gives a signal to say that it's safe for everybody to come out. But this time instead he just says it's safe, but the son doesn't believe him. So Nick Cage gives him the signal and it's... So that's pretty good, too. So we got two right off the bat. Yep. Then they go looking for food, and suddenly it becomes a football movie where they're chasing down an egg, and they're, like, tossing the yeah, egg like it's a football, and, and it's this giant egg that they're ha- that they're after. And they, in order to determine who gets to hunt the bird for the egg, they throw the grandmother up in the air and flip her like a coin. Heads or tails. Heads or tails. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. And it's just, it seems like they're expending a ton of energy for one egg. That for they have six to of them split to between them. Like, just, can you not hunt the bird? I they guess don't have weapons or they, anything. Yeah. But they use weapons later, so they're capable of using weapons on their own. They just don't have any because they've been hanging out in this cave right. for their entire lives, which, to their credit, like, per... Emma Stone's narration in the beginning, they had friends. They had other cave mm. people, families who all died because they didn't stay in their caves. Mm. So to Nick Cage's character's credit, like him keeping them in the cave has technically kept them safe, but it's also kept them very sheltered. Right. So Emma Stone is feeling this sheltered lifestyle mm. and teen, rebelling. Teen, just teen, teen, teenage girl shit, Mo- you know. Moody teen. And so she doesn't want to get back in the cave. So Nick Cage screams at her her name, which is Eep. Eep! I thought it was Eve. We I wrote down Eve. I had to cross it out like halfway <laughs> through the movie. I was like, oh, her name is Eep. Eep. Yeah. So he screams at her. And it's this whole kind of normal shit of like, you don't understand, yeah, dad. No, wanted, you don't understand. We have to see the world, you know. There's so much out there that we can't see. And the sun has to be with us. And it's dark. Yeah. So Emma Stone's character, Eep, wakes up in the middle of the night after everybody falls asleep because Nick Cage's thing is at the end of every day, he tells a thinly veiled parable about how much he hates his daughter (laughs) (laughs) and about how anybody who goes outside the cave is a dead man or woman. So Emma Stone, (laughs) I wrote down those words, thinly veiled parable. I felt very proud of myself for coming up with those words. Okay, AP English. I did take it. I did pull out Plato's The Cave. Yeah, I specifically not responded to that because I have no idea what you're talking about once again. You never had to read The Cave by Plato? Nah. It's a parable. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Is it like this movie? Yeah, okay. it's like all the people that stayed in the cave were sheltered and didn't not enlightened, right? Mm. And then they leave the cave to become enlightened. Gotcha. But they can't be enlightened if they're stuck in the cave. Mm. So speaking of enlightenment, Emma Stone decides to go out in the middle of the night and discover fire. And the reason she discovers fire is because she finds some guy named Guy, played by Ryan Reynolds. I think we said that already, mm-hmm. who can manipulate the fire. He can create fire. And Nick Cage comes and rescues her, even though she doesn't need to be rescued. I, and she also gets like a uh, like a conch shell, and yeah, he's like, yeah. "Yeah, just blow into this shell." And if you're in danger, and I'll come find you. Yeah, so that comes. Yeah, up so I later. guess we should also note, like, when they go out for breakfast and go out, when they go out, to, they, go, you know, they, they go, go to, to Denny's, Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> um, to get the egg. They don't cook it; like they're eating it raw because uh, they don't have yeah. a source of fire because they don't know what fire is. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, they don't know what fire so is, which just we were like pretty shocked at. So they're just like drip, 
dripping the yolk into their gullet. And also because they spend every night in the cave, they don't know what shadows are. Right. Which is, I thought, a little much. But Well, there's no source of light. You'd still know what a shadow is, wouldn't you? No. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Ryan Reynolds' character is like, oh, by the way, the world's ending. So keep that in mind as well. (laughs) Then, oh, let's see. They're outside the cave and the world is starting to end, which this is not Earth. No, I'm confused by it. Right. So, like, there starts to become, like, earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and plate tectonic shifts Mm -hmm. and large cracks form. So they're standing outside. Down to, like, magma. Yeah. So they're they're standing outside the cave and Nick Cage is giving his daughter a lecture. And then, like, everything starts collapsing in on them. So they start running for the cave and Nick Cage sees that the cave is about to collapse itself and he screams. Get to the cave! And that reminded me of our favorite knowing (laughs) from knowing the caves won't save you. It's a great scream. So he even I wonder if when he was like recording for this movie, if he even remembered that he was in that movie and that he said that line. I if I were him, I would imagine that knowing was just a blur. (laughs) Just a blimp. (laughs) Because there's aliens and shit. Spoiler alert, I guess. Who are actual angels or something. Unbelievable, that movie. (laughs) Go back and listen to that one. It's amazing. Rabbits. So their cave collapses. They've got a large, like, saber-toothed tiger-looking cat on their tail. So the only place to go is to jump past the cave. Very colorful. Which reveals itself to be a very colorful, foresty area. Yeah, not inspired by Zion National (laughs) Park. Gotcha. Likely inspired by the Amazon. <laughs> yes. So they fall into this forest and everybody sort of pokes their heads up and Nick Cage counts again, as Hannah mentioned. And he goes, one, two, three, four, five. And you start to see him look really excited. And then the grandma, the mother-in-law, pokes her head out and goes, six. And he's like, ugh. And it's a running theme that he wishes she were dead. dead. Which is kind <laughs> of morbid. really, really morbid. <laughs> Especially because his like only characteristic... And his only like driving force of nature to is to keep him and his family alive. Right. So it seems out of character for someone who is like very one track minded to want one of yeah. his cl- like collective group to be dead. You've got a feral baby. <laughs> I forgot about her already. Like, why don't you need an extra set of hands taking care of that feral baby? Baby can take care of herself. I guess you're probably right, honestly. <laughs> she's feral (laughs) yeah so they fall into the forest they run into some monkeys and he does the scream that he does at the beginning again to try to scare off these monkeys (laughs) then there's another large saber-toothed tiger looking cat thing and he's very colorful yes this time and they're all like sort of blending into their environments these cats Mm -hmm. so this time he screams Again, there's there's some really great screams in this movie, so hopefully I can find them all for you. <laughs> they run into a whole bunch of wildlife, as I mentioned earlier. There's like a large ostrich that looks like a tree. There's what they thought was a cave, but it turns out to be a whale's mouth that like has legs, hippo. like a hippo almost, whale? but it's like got the face of a whale. There's just all sorts of shit. And one of the craziest ones is that there's these little birds that are sort of like piranha. 
you see them fly up and they devour yeah or like termites maybe yeah and they devour one of these whales to the bone yes so there's just like a carcass left right and they start coming after the family until emma stone grabs a horn blows like hey ryan reynolds come help and he lights a fire and the birds fly away so nick cage upon seeing ryan reynolds starts barking at him as such (laughs) i don't know why i forget why at least he sees the fire steps on a spark and screams as such (laughs) then so extra (laughs) with the fire going they start accidentally lighting the entire field that they're in on fire things going up in flame until the fire hits a large ear of corn Mm -hmm. which takes off like a rocket into space into space and then descends back onto the earth and explodes into popcorn into giant popcorn and they stay in giant popcorn for the night (laughs) (laughs) until they decide that they've got to find another cave to stay in they've got to find a new home and ryan reynolds whole thing is that he won't he's trying to get to the top of the mountain over there but it's really far so nick cage grabs ryan reynolds shoves him inside a log so that he can't move and says all right we're gonna go to the mountain there's probably caves over there let's let's go do that shit one thing i have to talk about like their physicalities Mm. nick cage's family is all very like husky i would say wide set they're 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 a girthy (laughs) bunch we haven't talked yet about how sexualized emma stone i was gonna wait actually for this next scene okay so they're basically they've got road trip vibes vibes like dad are we there yet are we there yet etc etc until they get to this area where there's these pointy rocks on the ground and they don't have shoes or understand what shoes are Mm -hmm. but ryan reynolds character has shoes he's got conch shells he's got shoes he knows how to like he's in make fire he he's enlightened that's why i said earlier i made some sort of segue about enlightenment and then i forgot to make the that's bridge okay. yeah. but i also want to uh, other than the fact that ryan reynolds is enlightened he also is very frail he's, which makes no sense to me he's humanoid where he's not that's like true. neanderthal that's true like, that's yeah, true okay. yeah, he's not caveman that's because like. he's enlightened <laughs> so i guess his biology followed suit which makes no sense i don't know how that works no i mean but also it's like they eat like they haven't eaten in years similar to how nick Mm. always eats in movies Mm. because they haven't because they've been in the cage and they have to share one raw egg between them cave (laughs) not the cage the nick cage cave yes um yeah yeah but Ryan Reynolds is, he has fire and he has weapons and he knows how to hunt and shit. Yeah. More so than this Neanderthal family. So I guess he's, he only eats to like satiation. I guess. Yeah. Like he's skinny as a rail, whereas Nick Cage's character is husky. He's a huge boy. And he had one drop of raw egg and goes, oh, that's okay. I had food last week. Yeah. Earlier in the movie. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make it, a ton of And sense. then there's no continuity because... There's also a scene where Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, it's fine. We'll have leftovers. And they're like, what are leftovers? They're huge, these people. (laughs) So Ryan Reynolds gets loose from his log handcuffing situation and starts running across these pointy rocks. And Nick Cage screams. In his shoes. In his shoes. Nick Cage screams. One of my favorite lines, which is... (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good that, one. He always leaves. does that with the O's. Oh, yeah. And so he also screams at him. Where ultimately Ryan Reynolds makes a deal. He says, I'll build you some shoes if you let, let me, me out of the log. Exactly. Exactly. So Nick Cage says, you know, we don't need your brains. We don't need your ideas. We've gotten by on brute strength for years. And then, of course... <laughs> cue another montage of them all traveling and using ryan reynolds new crazy ideas like using an umbrella and like building a raft to float down the river instead of just walking and shit like that i thought you were going to talk about so one of the things (laughs) is that they're evading some sort of another large cat on stilts and what happens is nick cage is falling behind and he gets his butt bit by the large cat we don't see it it's off screen but what they do but what they do do, lots but of lots of puns do. in here, <laughs> is they pan up and they do his close-up on Nick Cage's backside. But he's wearing underwear. Mm-hmm. But there's a long shot on Nick Cage's butt. Yeah. And we Animated need to talk movies about do this a lot. Especially, yeah. I don't know, like, wasn't this around the same time that the Simpsons movie came out? I was probably several years what? after. Okay. Yeah. Right. But, so... But what we need to talk about here is what you had mentioned a, a second ago, because this is not the first butt shot we've had in this movie, because there are several scenes. I thought I was going crazy, and let me know if you think I'm a pervert or something. No. But, but there are several scenes where they zoom in on like Emma Stone's teenage cave woman butt. And there's also, like, she's so thick. Yeah, she's got real broad shoulders. No, like thick like yeah. two c's and like curvaceous yeah she I, okay so what it boils down to is essentially that we think that they're sexualizing this teenage like overly like yeah too much and she has like a like a loincloth essentially on like she yeah. just has like a, like a very thin strap of material covering her private areas and you see that strap of material a handful of times i mean it's it's like shorts but still it's no like, it's a dress well, yeah, it's a dress, but she's got shorts underneath. Oh. But still, it's like, why are you essentially directing it that way, right? Like, animated yeah. movies still get directed. So, like, why are you putting the camera... Right, they chose... They also... Yeah, like, exactly. Choose a, choose a different angle choose so a different you angle. have to look up the skirt of a teenage cavewoman. Or don't animate her like that. Right, or put her in pants. Right. <laughs> like, you can't help what an actress looks like. But you can help what an animated actress looks like. Right. right. <laughs> like Catherine Keener's character was not wearing booty shorts. No. Yeah. The feral baby wasn't well, overly sexualized yeah. either. Right. Or the son. The son was kind well, of a dumpy kid. Like, yeah. He wasn't like, but it's like this is a problem in movies where they sexualize young women. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, it was so weird to me that it was they really gross. do that kind of thing. And I... In, Seeing that close-up of Nick Cage's animated butt butt reminded reminded me of that. And that's where I was going to make that connection. So odd. So after some more adventuring, they get their way to a forest where Nick Cage finally feels enough is enough and thinks that, all right, well, if my family loves this young guy with all these ideas, I'm going to be a young guy with all these ideas. And he suddenly has, like, dreadlocks on his hair. He, like, puts something on his head. Oh, the scene. He... Puts on a belt. <gasps> we forgot. We to never mention mentioned the belt. belt. Okay, Belt's so, my favorite character. <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds has a life, 
a, a living belt, which is a baby sloth, which hangs around his waist. Or l- l- what's the animal called? It starts with an L. A sloth. No. It's a sloth. I don't think it's a, a lemur. S- lemur. It's not quite a lemur. All of the animals in this movie, though, are like combinations of other animals. Yeah. Like the, we see at it was one before point, the Big Bang, I presume. Uh, well, the big well before the Big Bang is nothing. It's a black oh, hole. Then. <laughs> I don't know what the world is ending for then. <laughs> right. I don't know either. But so, yeah, like we see a turtle parrot. We see, like I said before, an, an ostrich tree, mm-hmm. a really colorful saber toothed tigers, like yeah. all of these animals. So, yeah. So Ryan Reynolds has a belt, which he names him Belt, which is this little baby purple sloth that can he's also. He's real cute. He's real cute. And Big it, eyes. His whole thing, if you've seen this movie, if you've seen the previews or the trailers, is he goes, da, da, da. Like, he does that three or four times in the yeah. movie. And you'd think it would get annoying. No, it's cute. It's actually pretty cute. It's it's endearing. So, anyway, Nick Cage is acting like a hippie, and he's like, look at all my great ideas. He's talking like like a like a jazz man. Yeah, like, I hate it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's like, <laughs> but it's great at it the is. same time. It is. He's like, I've got these sunglasses, man. Shades. I call them shades. And it's just like tree pieces bark. of bark that they, <laughs> that they can't see through so he's got bad ideas immediately after that they're rowing down the river and he's like all right i admit it my ideas were bad i was doing it because i was jealous of so-and-so guy guy i forgot his name already <laughs> even though it's guy and we're like is he concussed why would he just give up that quickly because then again he also his voice changes in the scene does it i don't yeah, really recall he he was like drunk <laughs> <laughs> He was like slurring his words and I think he was concussed because Uh, at the end of that scene he gets like hit by a big boulder. Yeah. It was not abundantly clear if that's what they were going for. I don't know, but his voice changes. (laughs) Because that's a nice boulder. And then again in the very next scene is they reach the the base of the mountain and the world starts ending again. Again? Like it keeps ending. (laughs) Right? And so uh what's it called emma stone says you know we weren't living we were just not dying before we're all gonna go with guy we don't want to go in this cave with you because he sees the world ending we you know we're and he's like we got to go to the cave allegory another allegory here we go so nick cage getting angry that they're all enamored by ryan reynolds guy he then growls and tackles ryan reynolds as such (laughs) and screams We know. <laughs> so they start fighting. They get mixed up in some tar where Ryan oh, Reynolds yeah. gets very upset because apparently that's how his family Parent, died. Like, tar- you always make this joke where it's huh. like if we see, if someone is like, oh, I hate onions, you're like, oh, onions killed my father. <laughs> right. And it felt like that joke where it's like, yeah. oh, we're in tar. I hate tar. Tar killed my family. <laughs> yeah it's like how yeah like if you're at a restaurant or something you could use this joke it like and someone's like "Ugh, i hate onions i hate them and people be like why and then you just whisper like onions killed his father like like something like (laughs) something like that it's a good joke it it works anyhow they're getting trapped in the tar your dad love restaurant oh my god my dad has four restaurant jokes he was reused his entire life it's it's uh when everything's over, my dad will look at the waitress or waiter and go, do I owe you anything? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Or he'll clean his plate and be like, can I get this wrapped? <laughs> 
And then there's more. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a third one. Can't remember. Oh, if they say, okay, if they say, oh, we're out of the, the French fries, they'll be like, oh, can I have a whole plate of French fries? Yeah. You're looking, so you're, you're looking at me like in disgust. I've never heard him say that one. I've heard him say the other two. I've heard him saying, can I get oh, this wrapped multiple times? And he also says, time for the bad news. What's that? Like the when check? the bill, yeah, when the check comes. I've never heard him news. say that. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Is this podcast interesting this week? I feel like it's not. <laughs> we're, we're just we're we've been given not in. much, and we're just trying to deliver. Oh my goodness! All right, we're almost finished with this movie. So there's a lot of love and mutual respect and forgiveness and shit in this tar during so. the tar scene. So what they have to do now is come up with a brand new big idea. So Guy hits himself over the head and comes up with a new idea. Such an idea. Which is to, out of the things that they can grab around them and the things that Belt can grab, they create a lady saber-toothed tiger out of like plants and rocks and make him a puppet. And they start going, ooh, help me, saber-toothed tiger. And so the saber-toothed tiger ultimately comes over and pulls... The lady out of the tar, out of the tar, which they're holding on to, and then yanks them free. They yeet. So <laughs> they get yeeted. They yote. <laughs> so one thing, though, because Guy is not getting the attention of the saber toothed tiger, so Nick Cage yells the following: "I'll show you, scared. Hand me those acting sticks." <laughs> then finally. Now that they're all in an understanding, they all race to the top of the mountain, and there's two, like, things collide. It's like a wall of smoke is colliding, and they have to get they have to mm. get there. We missed the maze scene, but I don't think that matters. Uh, no, I glossed over. There's okay. a maze there's scene, a maze. and then there's, like, a scene in the treetops. Where they, yeah, I, I glossed whatever. over that to get to the better stuff. None of this matters. No, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, there's, like, smoke from dust and... And apocalyptic things. <laughs> Hannah and I are just looking at each other. I wrote down things like, where is this going? Did they make it to something? Are they in heaven? The sun? Because R- Ryan Reynolds' character keeps saying... We're going to ride the gonna, sun. We can ride the sun, baby. Like, So they didn't make it to the sun? Well, of course they didn't make it to the sun. But like, <laughs> what were they... I just don't understand I think anything. they just like follow the light? Become but enlightened? guess like it's, if you keep following the light then you'll become more enlightened it's very unclear what's happening with know. the end of the world there's so smoke. ultimately they can't quite they, like a big lava river ends up between them and there's where they like need a, to go a fault in the earth yeah so no, they all can't make it across so what they have so nick cage realizes he's not smart but he's strong so he starts mm. yeeting <laughs> Everyone across to this use my to use Hannah's favorite, new favorite word, yeeting. He starts yeeting everyone across the lava river. He really eats them. <laughs> and as he eats them, he screams a, lo- a large. You know the noise that you would make when you were eating something of course, very heavy. Of course. <laughs> He gets crushed by a rock slide, finds himself in another cave with one of the saber toothed tigers that he quickly makes friends with. He hears the horn. Which means his family's Danger. in trouble. Which means he's got to get over there somehow. Which means he's got to come up with an idea. Which means he's got to start hitting himself over the head with a rock. <laughs> like his buddy Guy does. Yeah, yeah. Until ultimately sense. he has an idea. That would it, only concuss you. <laughs> and exclaims. I have an 
amazing. Great stuff there. His idea. It's so elaborate. Flawed. It's flawed. (laughs) (laughs) He decides to go back to those piranha termite birds. Mm. Try to attract them. Try and call them over, right? Yes. Into a carcass where he and the large cat are in. And then direct them using a fire because he was able to figure out how to make fire. Mm-hmm. Because they were afraid right, of the they fire. Hate fire. Yeah, so he can steer them. Yeah. This but wouldn't w- they fly away? Wouldn't they not like steer? Wouldn't they also fly in and eat the flesh? Why would they yeah. why would they grab hold of the bone? Maybe because the fire is keeping them away from the flesh. Yeah, but then why are they grabbing hold of the bone? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like interrogating you and you're like, I have no answers for you. Where were you I'm, on the night of the 24th? I'm also questioning the same thing that you are. <laughs> Give me answers. I can't tell you. <laughs> so They pick up some friends along the way. He picks up like five more animals, two of which we've never met <laughs> He's before. He's like Snow White at this point. He's like this animal whisperer. When before he was so afraid of all these things, which I guess is supposed to show growth, but still. Enlightenment. He He, he should be afraid of them. They're fucking animals that are going to rip them to shreds. Some of them. But that's the thing. You can't be so afraid. You got to figure out what's friendly and what's not friendly. So like what is carnivorous and what isn't. Right. I don't know. Anyhow, he flies across. Herb, 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 herbivores. Yeah, but herbaceous? Sure. I don't know. I think that I means very herby. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an herby afterbirth. <laughs> so he flies across Spooky. the lava river with this terrible rig that should not work and he screams as at his family as he makes it across where's the danger who blew their shell he's i'm yeeting myself i am yeeting myself which sounds dirty but there are dirtier things that have happened in this movie mostly about mostly upshots body (laughs) yeah of emma stone's body they go over the horizon as a family of now 10 or 11 with all the new animals he picked up yeah. and he does the counting and now they're and he doesn't want to kill his mother-in-law anymore yeah they're good they discover the coast and they say we can live here for a while and then cue a montage of all the new things and the, the new rules and the family living together in harmony love it credits wow that was a it stinker just... It was better than the other animated movies we've had to endure. I guess so, yeah. I think I prefer this over the Ampoli mm. and G-Force. Mm-hmm. And what about A Christmas Carol, huh? Um, no, not What so about much. Astro Boy? <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot those two existed. So any other closing thoughts before we get into the awards? Stay out of the caves and you'll be enlightened. Apparently. I had a thought which I don't think I've said yet on, mm-hmm. on this podcast, mm-hmm. which I told you while we were watching the movie. I think the one of the reasons this movie did so well was because it's so bright and colorful and a the pretty clear story. gorgeous. Right. But one of the things that I think this movie did not do so well is that when you have movies that are this bright and colorful, it really attracts really young kids. And when you have movies mm-hmm. for really young kids, that means the parents have to watch it with them. So they try to sneak in jokes for the parents, yeah. and especially in this type of thing. Like, oh, I want to kill my mother-in-law. Yeah. But those jokes didn't land for no, me. No, they didn't. So I don't really... Also, there was no antagonist. I mean, there it was a movie about a conflict between two, you know, 
they're their own antagonists. In I a guess way. the world is the antagonist because yeah. it's like eating them apart. Yeah, it's a man versus man, man versus uh, environment. Yeah, man, man versus nature movie. So you know, I think I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Fair. I'm okay. not worried about it not having an antagonist. I just think that there were moments that were pretty poorly written. Was I think the issue with this movie? But everything yeah, like else it, I thought was good. <clears throat> you're right. I think that it could have had more adult humor. Yeah, for sure. It not involving butts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was an adult humor. That was just like some animators who have been locked in a room all day with Emma Stone's voice. <laughs> just like, ew. Right, hey, don't don't blame me for pointing out the obvious. Uh, let's do some awards, some Nick Cage awards. Some well-deserved Nick Cage. Awards. Best supporting actor. I think that's pretty obvious. It's Belt. It's Belt. It's a little baby sloth. <laughs> da, da, da. He's great. Love him. Uh, best dressed. He's really only in the one outfit. Oh, no, it's when he has the dreadlocks and the snake around his belt and the shades on his eye that are, it's just like a tree bark. Yeah, that's that's correct. That is the correct answer. My apologies. Mm, how could you forget? Worst Nick Cage scene. Mm, the one with his butt. <laughs> a bit of a road trip montage that ends with his butt not exposed, but. Yeah, when he's on the stilts. Yes. Okay. Stupid. Best Nick Cage scene. What do you got? It's his the hippie hippie shit. When he's talking like a smooth jazz man. Love it. Yeah. Actually, no. The worst Nick Cage scene is mm. his like flawless plan at the end. Mm. Yeah, that would never With the work. Termites. Yeah. We said probably several times at the end. Maybe throughout the movie, there's some believable moments, but at the end in particular, we're like, he should be dead. Yeah. yeah. He should be dead. Yeah. He should be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, wow. This is going to be a hard one, Han. Best Nick. Oh, wait. Do we. Best uh, scream. Best scene. Did you give it to the hippie scene? Yeah. Okay. Uh, best scream. Loose. Oh, he's loose. He's loose. And then he steps on the rocks and goes, ow, ow, ow. And then quickly after that, he screams, get back here now at guy. What are other screams? There's some later in the movie. Yeah, I um, liked. I have an idea. Oh, Get out of yeah. the way. I have an idea. I am a good. caveman. Oh, I am a caveman. Hand me those acting sticks. <laughs> oh, no, I am a caveman. You like I am a caveman? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He he does get queued up for that. He Ryan Reynolds says something to him, and then he's like, "I am a caveman," like in response to something he said. It's just so like rudimentary. Yeah. Well, that's true. I guess. <laughs> And then the most nouveau shamanic. I think it's Hammy those acting sticks, Isn't and then like okay. just the way that he's like, "I'm a girl, <laughs> tiger." <laughs> Fair enough. I love that nouveau shamanic being Nick Cage's own acting style that he has named himself. So where are we? Because that's super Kabuki movie? to me. Like that whole thing was mm. like so reminiscent of Kabuki, and that's what he often says when he writes this book that it's going to be about Western Kabuki. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I think it looks like the highest ranking animated movie we have, unless I'm mistaken, is G Force, and that's yeah, at thirty nine. It's, it's higher than that, especially because he has so many screams and he's real cagey in this. Ooh, you're right. So like, I hated the storyline. Yes. The animation was Good. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Nick's acting and screaming was, you know, on par with what I'd like it to be. Sure. Like, I I didn't expect as much caginess, and I was pleasantly surprised by the amount that I was given. So I would rank this higher than 
G-Force. Okay. I would rank this higher, I think, than you would expect me to because mm. we didn't like this movie. Okay. But so let's he's go. So cagey. Let's go. All right. So G Force is at thirty nine. What's okay. like twenty nine? That's what I was gonna do. Twenty nine is Lord of War, where he's a guns dealer and he travels between. Oh, Africa. and like South Africa. Yeah, that was fine. What's twenty eight? Snake Eyes. We like Snake Eyes. Oh, wow. You're going higher than Snake Eyes. You were right. Uh, This is higher than I expected. 27 is Birdie. Okay. I think between Snake Eyes and Lord of War. Okay. Put it at 29. So at 29. Yeah. All right. That is, you're right. That is higher than I expected. But but like I said, like he's so cagey. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love is that backstory that the animators took his work in Leaving Las Vegas and The Family Man and, and like animated his whatever physicality is based upon that i think that's really cool that is cool you're right i forgot about that little tidbit and those movies i think we ranked both higher than this yeah leaving las vegas is in the top five and the family man is in the top 10 okay yeah so that, that makes sense to put it at like in the high 20s cool awesome well i think that's just about going to do it next week we're sticking with our christmas theme and watching what i assume is a christmas movie called the frozen ground I don't think it's, it's not. I think, I think it's another like revenge story, like stolen. Wait, isn't Left Behind coming up? Ooh, it might be. I can check real quick. That was one of the first movies that we saw that made us think of doing this podcast. So, if we do a podcast like next week and the week after, like between Christmas and after New Year's and all that stuff. I mean, I'm off, so we yeah, can do it during I mean, the week. And too. you know, it's quarantine still. We're not going anywhere yeah. really. So, um. Left Behind would be at the end of January. Whoa. Yeah. Wasn't that 2013 too? How many fucking movies did he make in 2013? Apparently like seven. Are you kidding me? I kid you not. L- list them out. So if Left Behind is in 2013, it goes Stolen. Uh, well, we did Stolen. Okay. Did so, stolen. The, so The Croods, The Frozen Ground, Joe, Rage, Outcast, Left Behind. I've heard of Joe. Have you? I've yeah, heard of that. I've heard of Joe. Hmm. I think it's on Netflix. Okay. I have not heard of any of these I've movies. I've never heard of Outcast. I even heard of a movie I... after The Croods until we get to Snowden. Oh my god. And that's not going to be until the end of February. Let me see. Dying of the Light. Pay the Ghost. The Trust. Could these be more obscure? They probably could be more <laughs> obscure. They are going to be very obscure. Uh, How are we even going to find them? We're going to watch them. We'll get them from the library. Yeah. They're much easier to find now than they were in the beginning of this career. Oh, my God. What was like the hardest one for us to find? Christmas Carol was hard to find. Oh, my God. Even though... We spent so long looking for that. I think it ended up being on Amazon Prime, but it was like... Did we have to buy it? Possibly. Oh, my God. But also, there were like 17 other versions of Christmas Carol. Yeah, well, that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. Do, I, Amos and Andrew is hard to find. I implore you, do not waste your money and buy that movie. <laughs> I uh, think there's a compilation on YouTube if you really want to know why we oh, that yeah. we rank that last of just Nick Cage scenes. And you will, in like the, t- t- whatever, 40 seconds that that was, because I don't believe he was in longer than 40 seconds in that movie, you'll know exactly why we hated it. Yeah, if you're going to watch a Nick Cage Christmas movie this week, watch The Family Movie. Oh, Yeah. I like that one. It's and Trapped movie. in Paradise was okay. Yeah. Kind yeah. of Christmassy. I guess, yeah. 
So yeah. I think that's it. I think that's going to do it for The Croods. Wow. Join us next week when we talk another winter-themed movie, and then join us in a year from now when we talk The Croods <laughs> 2. And uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And I'd like I said, we'll probably, we'll probably be back. Holidays. Merry Christmas. Oh, yes. Mm. Merry Christmas. Uh. Merry Christmas uh, uh. and happy holidays. Wow. Now well, you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Bye. Peace. Now, freak out.